Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church, Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. Let's, uh, let's open our, our Bibles and we're going to carry on. Which Bible am I going to preach from today? Maybe this one. All right, so we're looking at the year 23. Who knows what's the theme that we're going for? I hope you, you, you are running with it. Um, I, I think I touched on last, last week, I really felt there's been like a lot of resistance. And I, I experienced that people might have experienced discouragement. And w- you have to know that um, God will always give you a word like, hey, you're going to grow. And then most often, you, you see the opposite. The, not in the sense that you won't grow, but you experience great opposition. And often you, you want to tap out. And, and that's where it's so applicable, what God told Moses is stand and see the salvation. And there's, there's time where you, have to, um, where you have to speak and you have to lay hold of God's word. And then there's times where you must stand and you must wait. It's a, and it's really interesting. And maybe today you'll get perspective on, on what um, you need to be doing. Amen. All right, so... Let's do some. Let's do some backup. So, these were some of the key scriptures that you'll be oaks of righteousness. Okay, that you are called to reveal His splendor. How many remember that? You are called to reveal His splendor. Forgive me. I didn't get back to you yet. I will. <laughs> oaks of righteousness, called to reveal His splendor, and and it's so exciting when you hear this. Like. You, you start thinking, yeah, you see God's plan for creation. You start seeing God's plan for your life. Um, glory. I don't know how to explain that, but that's what God has intended. Okay. Today, I want to address maybe some of the preconceived ideas that we have as human beings. Remember last week, we spoke about that the world conforms, but God wants you to be transformed. So it's very important that we think different. We, and often I find myself getting back into the rut of thinking like the world. Come on. You understand what I mean? We, we get this experience, this renewal. We change and then we start conforming again. I experience that in my life. But, and that's where you need to renew your mind again. And so you renew it with the word. The Bible says in Ephesians 5 that, the, that Jesus will wash you with a washing of his word. And that's why I always advise people when they're going through things, I say, come to church. But what will that do about my marriage problems? Or what will that do about my, my finance problem? The point is you need to be washed by the word. The word has got to wash you. The word has got to renew your mind. And so sometimes it's just about showing up, being there and allowing the Lord to, to speak to you. So thinking about this whole confirmation, how we, how we conf- conform. So let's, let's go back to Psalm 1. 
Verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Okay, nor takes his seat in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in what? The law of the Lord. Now, we, we know today that is the word. Our delight is in the word of the Lord. All right? This word will not depart from your mouth. Okay? It will, it's in your heart. It is in your mouth to speak. Okay? To meditate. To speak. Okay? So it says in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who doesn't delight in the counsel of the ungodly. The counsel of the ungodly. Okay? I know it's King James. What does that look like? Counsel of the ungodly. We got talking about this in a men's meeting. What is success to you? What is success to you? Does success look like houses, cars, policies? Is that success to you? And I want you to, to be really, really honest. And I, we must know that the Lord does not think like the world. Okay? And I know that there is an element to success. God wants you to be fruitful. God wants you to, um, the Bible says in Timothy, that God gives us all things to enjoy. He gives us these things to enjoy. But if you think, if you think that those things are there to make you happy, that you're going to be happy and that you will arrive at a level of success, if you have those things, you, you, it's really sad that the world defines successful people as those who have power and money. Think about that. If you only have power and money, what kind of warped perception is that about what success is? Come on, preach with me. Help me. Tell me that you believe the same as what I do. <laughs> okay. It's sad, that, and I think all of us, I don't know, I think in particular the men, men tend to, com we compare ourselves to one another. Sometimes I get into pastors' fraternals, and I get together with the pastors, and most often uh, the question that we ask one another, where is your church, number one? Okay, what is your church's name? Number two, what's the third question? How many people do you have in your church? And so we weigh each other up and we determine, okay, how, how much success, how much power, how much influence do you have? How many followers do you have on Facebook? How many followers do you have on Instagram? It's the world's way of defining what success is. One of the things that, I, uh, that all of us should be able to understand a success is if the Lord comes to you and he says, well done good and faithful servant. That is success. To live a life that is pleasing to Him. To live a life that is where, where we experience everything that God has intended for us. And there is quite nothing like being in God's will. Come on, we all know that. We all know that. That's, there's nothing like it. All right, so Psalm 1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Are you 
are you walking today in the counsel of the ungodly? Are you comparing your fruit to that of the world? Are you ambition and success driven? Okay? Some people need to be saved from success. <laughs> That's a harsh thing to think about. But sometimes you need to be saved from success. All right. So the blessed, I'm not getting through Psalm 1. Come on, Lord, help me get through Psalm 1. Blessed is a man, okay? But his delight is in the word of the Lord or the law of the Lord. On it, on that, he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree planted. Tree planted. Take you to a couple of weeks back. I'm not planted in my church. I am planted in Christ. Come on. I'm not planted in a denomination. I'm not, I'm not, uh, my roots are in Christ. My roots are not in my pastor. My roots are in Jesus. Amen. Okay. And, and when I meditate on that, I have, I become like a tree. Now that picture that you see, a tree planted by the waters, is supposed to be your life. That's supposed to be what your life looks like. A tree planted by the waters. That is what it looks like when you have identity and you know who you are in Jesus. Amen? There is a difference between power and authority. Um, and I think when we begin to realize who we are in Christ Jesus, we will understand authority and power. Okay, now I'm on a, a bit of a rabbit trail, but I think this is good. Who are you? Okay, we, we spoke about this last week. Who are you? Okay, interesting question to, to ask. Because the world will try to identify or to give you an identity based on appearance, what you look like, status, power, influence. But who are you? So we go, to, let's go to, we, I'll just quote it, Acts, is it Acts 19? Where... The son, seven sons of Sceva, I think that is it. They took, they were using two names, two identities. And they saw that the, these two names had a level of power and influence. And they started using it for exorcism, all right? If you don't know what exorcism is, it's a couple of movies that you can rent and you can just go check out for it. Okay, no, never mind. But they, they started uh, using the name of Jesus and the name of Paul. Let me help some of you guys. They said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, get out, you know? And they said, the, the guys replied, the demon-possessed people said, we know Paul. 
We know who that is. And we know Jesus. But who are you? Who are you? So in other words, they used names that carry power and authority, but they themselves had no identity. They had no identity. They were not recognized by these guys. Who, who are you? I remember going through a time in my life where I had a lot of fear and I was struggling. And I always thought, if, if I am in that situation, I'll probably, you know, in the name of Jesus, you know, like goosebumps up, scared, terrified. Come on, you, you'll know what I mean. If you get scared, so you use the name of Jesus. But Paul was walking in his identity. Remember last week we touched on it about Simon who became Peter, Saul who became Paul. They got a name that is recognized, identified. It's not so much about the name change, it's about who you are. And if your identity is misplaced, okay, I hope I'm, I'm coming through. But they, immediately, Jesus was recognized, identity, that has power and authority. Paul, identity, he has power and authority. So they weren't going to go out on the, on, the, on the name of Jesus. Come on. This might sound a little bit odd. Because we sing things like, there is power in the name of Jesus. But they were using the name of Jesus, and nothing happened. As a matter of fact, if you read the story, those exorcists got beat up, stripped naked, and got sent off. But they were singing, there is power in the name of Jesus. Don't we treat Jesus' name like that? Like it's a, like a lucky word, like the lottery, or, or, or like you're gambling in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Like it's a, but it's not about that. It's about identity. It's about who you are. It's about who you are. And if you want power and authority, then you need to walk um, not in the counsel of the ungodly. I'm trying to put them together. Don't find your identity in the world. That you're not driven by success and ambition that the world says, you should have this, you need to have that, and you'll be happy, and you'll be successful. And Jesus doesn't look at it like that. Jesus identifies, I mean, if you open Matthew 6, he's like, don't worry. And the rest, and the world is saying, worry. <laughs> don't be anxious. And the world is saying, be anxious. And so often we find ourselves there. So God wants you fruitful. He wants you to, um, so the dangerous thing now about what I'm saying is, is you think, okay, let's just leave everything and don't worry about a thing because everything's going to be all right kind of vibe, right? But God wants you to be fruitful. Bible says in John 15 that he he takes joy in fruit. He wants to see fruit in your life. But what is fruit? So take you back. We teach our kids that job won't bring you enough money. That career won't bring you enough money. 
fine, good enough wisdom, but why do we teach people that success is just power and influence? Where's, when can we have the image of success as integrity and um, joy and, and like happiness, to be happy, to be good husbands, to be great parents, to be godly men? Can't that be success? Come on, someone. Where is your heart leading you towards today? Are you deceived? Are you in a position where you are so anxious because you're comparing yourself to the rest of the world? Jesus comes in Matthew 6. He says, don't worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. God knows what you need. Look at the birds. Look how they are. He, he takes care of them. Aren't you much more worth than what they are? So... This thing where we get caught in the traps of anxiety and of, of stress, it's such a lie. Okay. When we begin to connect fruit with the amount of how driven we are to it and the, and the amount of effort we put into it, we get a wrong perception of what fruit is. Because fruit is not a result of effort, it's a result of identity. It's a result of who you are, not how much work you've put in. And I know you, what you put in, you get out. I get that. But Jesus is changing that. He doesn't want you to just work, 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 and get results, results. He wants you to be someone. He wants to give you an identity. He wants to give you more than just, ish, you know, you don't have this, you don't have that. But anyway, so... Where are you going today to get affirmation? Where do you go to, to get counsel? In a crisis, what is the advice that you're getting? Do this, get that done, or do you go to the streams to feed on? I hope you hear what I'm saying. Because at the end of the day, it's not about... It's about where we get the affirmation, where we get the identity. Because are you conformed today or are you transformed? All right, say I am an oak of righteousness. And if you are Afrikaans, say ek is a oakie van rechtvaardigheid. Lord. Mark 8. I wonder if I mustn't read it in the, my other Bible. We read it in the net translation, Mark 8. Okay, let's read Mark 8, verse 22. I want you to see something about Jesus, um, the way he ministered. Yeah, they came, he came to Bethsaida. They brought a blind man to Jesus and asked him to touch him. Let's carry on. He took the blind man by the hand, brought him outside of the village. Then he spat on his eyes. Imagine us doing that today, right? Imagine I have an altar call for everybody with like 
bad eyesight. <laughs> I wonder how, yeah. I'm just interested how they, did he like do it graciously? Did he, was it like, you know, was it, <laughs> like how did he do it? <laughs> he might get a bit thicker, okay, never mind. He spat on his eyes, <laughs> placed his hands on his eyes, and asked him, do you see anything? Okay, perspective is important. Do you see anything? Then it says, regaining his sight, he said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. I think this is what's happening with a lot of Christians. There are trees that are walking. They are not planted. They can't find their identity. And, and so Jesus had to open his eyes first to get a perspective, to give him a perspective of, first of all, we know through the whole scripture that God identifies us um, as trees. Okay? But the first thing he did was he opened his spiritual eyes and he said, I see people, but they're like trees. They're walking. You know, trees don't walk. Trees are planted. But if we don't know who we are, if we don't know our identity, you'll be a tree trying to be something that you're not. And then the next verse, he reads on. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. thought maybe there was too much spit there, so let's try again. And he opened his eyes, and his sight was restored. So the one that says he regained his sight, the second time his sight was restored. Maybe the Lord wants to open your eyes today, because it's not that Jesus' prayer failed. Jesus wanted to give him a perspective, and uh, he wanted to show him that, hey, um, let's get trees, let's get people walking in the identity. Because we had the sons, seven sons of Sceva, they were like trees walking. They didn't know who they were. They had to use another name. All right, let's go to, to Job chapter 14. Job. I wonder who decided that Job must be Job. Because it's Job. <laughs> hey, Job. <laughs> All right, Job, Job 14. And this, is, this, this one is like prophetic for a lot of you. Because I think a lot of people facing discouragement. Because all of this can sound so cliche if you If you keep on coming to church and you, you hear, we sing things like God is good and he's moving mountains and he's going to do it again. But you go through times in your life where, where it doesn't look like any kind of hope is there, you know, come on. And, and I want you to be honest. I think some of the biggest compliments we get from people coming to these doors is they say, we feel real. We feel this is genuine. So if I'm really honest, my wife and I, we had, uh, sometimes we have these talks, so we talk about our lives. And often when I'm down, 
she manages to, to regain my sight and, and vice versa. But every now and then, maybe you ask yourself, yes, I should have been a lot further than what I am now. You know, I should have been further. I should have had a lot more together. I should have, you know, as a dad, as a, as a provider, as a whatever, maybe, maybe you go through all of that thing. Maybe you consider um, your life and you think it's not amounting to anything. And if we look at Job's life, he lost everything in a day. And I think he had, he had a, a bad perspective. And let's read verse 7 of Job 14. And he started looking at trees. Verse 7. He says, but there is hope for a tree if it is cut down that it will sprout again. Okay? There is hope for a tree, and I want you to hear, hear this, that if it is cut down, it will sprout again. And its new shoots will not fail. Although its roots may grow old in the ground, and its stump begins to die in the soil, at the scent of water, it will flourish. It will put forth shoots like a new plant. And I want you to stop there. Eventually, Job comes to the conclusion, he says, man is not like a tree in that perspective. But we know the truth. The Lord says that those who delight in the, in the, in the word, they are like a tree. I don't know if you've ever gone on a river or on a boat, and on that boat, you'll see a lot of trees that have fallen down. And all of a sudden, you see new shoots coming from them. I've seen uh, one time our uh, beloved uh, municipality knock down our lemon tree on, the, on our paving. Took it completely out. But they didn't fix a water leak. <laughs> so the water leak kept on watering. The tree was out. And all of a sudden, two months later, here comes this new lemon tree out. This new lemon tree just kept on coming out because there was roots. There was in the ground. And at the water, when the water came, it, it began to... Can we just read it in the Amplified quickly? John 14, verse 7, in the classic edition. There is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, that it will sprout again. And that the tender shoots of it will not cease. Now, in the brackets, he says, but there is no such hope for man. I want you to think about that perspective. And maybe, maybe you've got the wrong perspective like Job had. He had a bad doctrine over there. <laughs> bad doctrine. Right? Next verse. Though its roots grow old in the earth and its stock dies in the ground, yet through the scent, come on, if you can just today... If you just have a, a scent of water, or just, just experience the scent of, of the Lord's presence speaking to you today. The scent and the breathing of water, the stump of the tree will bud and bring forth bows like a young plant. That's your word for today, that you'll be an oak of righteousness. 
But I want you, you have to get a clear picture today. Ask the Lord to give you a clear picture. Ask the Lord to remove the anxiety from your heart. Get a clear picture of what success is to Him. Is your delight in the, the counsel of the ungodly? Is your delight in uh, like the success that the world says that you have to have? It's a f- failed um, thing. Or is your delight in the, in the Lord? Ask the Lord, Lord, show me what your will is for my life. Show you, ask Him to show you about where you are right now and for Him to give you the adjustment. Let's go to Matthew 6, and we're going to begin to close. Matthew 6. Verse 25. I'm carrying on in the net Bible. Jesus says here, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body and what you will wear. Often I think if someone tells me not to worry, the only thing that I can do is worry. Don't worry. I don't think he's saying don't worry. I'm just trying to change your perspective. He wants to equip you with something. He said, isn't there more to life? Then food, more to the body, than clothing. Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Let's just touch on that. What does that sound like? It sounds a lot like Malachi. <laughs> it sounds a lot like, like tithing. Like sowing and reaping. And, and God is trying to say, uh, it's not based on what you give, what you change the whole picture and know that you're welcomed by God first and that He loves you first. And that it's not based on any kind of effort on what success is going to be. No kind of effort. But it's going to be on the basis that God loves you and that God cares for you and that God knows you by name. Tithing and sowing and reaping for that to gain the blessing is... I believe in tithing. I believe in sowing. I believe in reaping. But it is not to, it's, it's not to get any kind of point system by, by God. It's more like, I don't have to, I get to kind of thing. I'm not forced to, I get to do it. And I think it is a godly thing to ask, Lord, Lord, enable me to tithe. Enable me to give. Enable that kind of fruit to come from my life because it's who you are. It's not, if I don't, I'm cursed. It's, no, I care for the birds. Aren't you worth more than the birds? Aren't you worth more than, uh, he was going to say, the lilies of the field? Is this all right? I hope I'm not boring you. Is it all right? Sometimes these simple messages is exactly what you need to hear. Isn't there more to life than, than food? That's verse 25. And 
and more to the body than clothing. Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you much more valuable than they are? And which of you, by worrying, can add even one hour to his life? Why do you worry about clothing? Think about the flowers of the field who grow. They do not work or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his glory was clothed like one of these. And if this is how God clothes the wild grass, which is here today, and tomorrow is tossed into the fire to heat the oven, won't he clothe you even more, you people of little faith? <laughs> yeah, dude. So then, don't worry by saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, or what will we wear? Um, for the unconverted pursue these things. Listen, the unconverted, the ungodly, Listen, let's connect to the Psalm 1. Your delight is not in the counsel of the ungodly. The unconverted pursue these things. But your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So whatever the ungodly pursue, the Lord wants to provide for you. But not on the basis of you pursuing it. On the basis, basis of your identity. Because you're His. Because you have a name. That is written in heaven. And so it's now no longer I'm chasing after and I'm going to identify, find identity by those things. God knows that I need them. All right, let's finish. That's a really good word. Next, verse 33. Okay, but above all these, pursue his kingdom. Come on, yes, yes, success. Pursue his kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Amen? I think, uh, I think, yeah, then it says, so don't worry about tomorrow. God doesn't want your hearts to be caught in anxiety and stress. It's, it's a liar. And, and I do understand people might be going through all kinds of, of worry and anxiety and of all sorts. So maybe today... You are a tree cut down <laughs> by the waters. Maybe you are blown down, but now it's time to get like the scent of rain, the scent of water on your roots, okay? Sometimes I think, well, I don't think I know, we don't really realize the mess that we're actually in often, that we find ourselves in, until you're out of it. And you realize, oh my goodness, I'm out. I'm free. I'm free from it. And sometimes it's a, it's a process of waiting it out and hearing the word of the Lord. But today, God's word to you is, you are mine. You have an identity. You have power. You have authority. You have a name. And he, he wants you to make a shift. Just shift from, from the world. If the world has captivated your heart and captivated your mind, put you on a rat race to, to, um, to nothing. Result is nothing. And that's what Proverbs 11, verse 25, 26, around there, it says, the liberal person will be enriched. Those who withhold 
are going to be left in want. It's greed that builds and greed will just consume you. And that is not the picture of a role model that God wants. That's not a role model. Someone that has got a lot of power and influence. Get your eyes off of them. Get your eyes on Jesus today. Let, let him show you what success is. Let him define that. And then all of a sudden, he he, it's like he, he channels your weakness into a strength. He channels your... Um, he, he makes you super superhuman. <laughs> he gives you a story and he gives you a set of weapons to fight. Okay, Father, we just thank you today that we can sit under this word and that we can hear your heart. So today we turn from that spiritual force of money and finance and we can acknowledge that our source is you and that in you we live and we move and we have our being and that we won't be like trees walking around but that we'll be planted in you that will be oaks of righteousness about to reveal your splendor called as a solution to this world to the city to the, to the places where we're working, um, in our work spheres. There are people that need that kind of fruit. And that, that the fruit in our lives will now be as a result of just abiding in you. Show everyone. Show, prove it to your church today. Prove it to your church how simple it is in Christ. How easy. You said your yoke would be easy. Show your church the, that simplicity, the life of simplicity that you've called us to live. I want to speak to married couples as well. Like, if it hasn't been working, lay down the stubbornness. Lay down having it your way and, and come to him and get it his way. Whatever it is, that the, whatever friction or whatever is in your life, put it down today. In Jesus' name. Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow the Word Church Kimberly on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed.